Second Cinema, the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sick on Cinema, the podcast that's always late. <laughs> I am one half of your horror-killing Christian mask wearer. I had nothing this you, week. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you botched. <laughs> I botched. It's all right, though. Um, uh, I guess I'm the other half of this 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 group. <laughs> oh, Matt. Okay, how about uh, I am one half of your backwood snuff making family john yeah there we go you're the other half mad <laughs> that's better i didn't work i didn't think about it until i hit record and i was like oh shit, shit. i haven't thought about this <laughs> god i mainly was thinking about how we were late yeah so anyways we're back after not necessarily a hiatus we're about a less than a week late yeah i would say we're roughly about three four days late yeah um which we apologize. Mm-hmm. I was, I just, I was stupid and fell asleep one time. Yeah, we had all these things yeah. planned. Like October's a busy month. Yeah. So it's hard to get things done as it is. And then I come in here and Matt's just like, <laughs> yeah, I was dead. <laughs> and I was like, oh great, we're never gonna get this episode out. So, anyways, what are we doing this episode? Because it's it's changed. Yeah, we're not doing Urban Nightmares, but mm-hmm. if you didn't read the title and you just saw our name, like, oh, let's click on it. <laughs> <laughs> then we're covering the the film. Would you say filmography? To the most part, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how you, how I should word it, but the films of Adam Albert. That's right. So yeah, originally we had Urban Nightmares scheduled. Yes. And uh, I looked at the schedule, and I was like, oh, shit, it's October. We probably should do something more horror-related. <laughs> oh, shit, spoopy time. <laughs> we botched this. We did not schedule well. Yeah, and we decided to reschedule on the fly. Yeah, and we're sitting there like, what can we do? And Matt's like, what about Adam Albrand? And I was like, bing, 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 bing. Because he's got some spoopy shit. Yeah. I was like, that's perfect. That works absolutely, because that's a good... We've wanted to do his movies for a while. Yes. So might as well put them in a key month. Mm-hmm. And the movies we're covering today are uh, the Burnt House. Yes. You want to do the next one? Oh, okay. Crossbearer, the Cemetery, and Hunters. That's right. All but one of his movies. Yeah, and that's the one I think he says he's not the biggest fan. He's not a big of fan of it. So another thing we decided to do was uh, I reached out to Mr. Adam Albrant and was like, "Hey, yeah. would you like to?" contribute to this episode some way. And he sent back, if you want to send me some questions, I'll be more than happy to answer them. So I did. So as we review these movies, or discuss them, however you want to look at it, I will be reading some of Adam Albrecht's um, thoughts on the films as well. Yeah. And I am starting a blog spot very soon. And if you want to go read all of the... It's only five questions. I didn't want to take too much of his time because he was generous enough to give it. He's also working on two movies right two now. Two movies. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's working on like editing a music video. And a book. And a, Oh, Jesus Christ. So I didn't want to spend too much time, you know. Yeah. So I sent him only five questions. But if you want to go read it, you can go to that blog spot. I don't have it created yet. But if you follow me, the uh, Bacano89, mm-hmm. on Instagram... I will post a link to it when it's up and ready to roll. Also, this is going to be a little bit off topic. Mm-hmm. I just now noticed that most of, both of our Instagrams are based off animes that we barely watch anymore. Yeah, we're not really anime fans. Yeah. 
That's what happens when you create your Instagram account when you're younger. Yeah. <laughs> but yours is cooler than mine. Although I like Bakano. DBZ fan 99. It's well, Dragon Ball Z is awesome. I mean, yes. But also, Bakano is also awesome as well. Yes. And could could count as horror. Oh, yeah. Like, there's definitely very horror elements in it. Maybe we can give her it one day. Cause Maybe. It's, it's not very well known. It gets, it gets gory and pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty... Pretty nasty show. It's pretty awesome, like really. So maybe we're wrong. We, well, I'd love to rewatch it again. Yeah, it was great. Like it's all about like immortals, and there's like this, the what is it? Oh, the rail, the rail chaser. Yeah, and like yeah, he like rips them to shreds, and they like regenerate and shit. Yeah, it's, show we're not going to cover is Black Butler. <laughs> oh God, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. That show's not. That's garbage. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't handle that show. So, Board you know, normally at the top of the show we say. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you send them to sickoncinema at gmail.com. Yes. And normally we get absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Goose egg. This time we have something. Oh my goodness. This comes from listener Amanda. All right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and she sent this back in August 28th. You're joking, right? Nope. Did you just give up on our email? Just like uh, for a while, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, anyways, Jesus Christ, John. Here's the question from Amanda. <laughs> Sorry for the delay on answering this. Being big horror fans, I was wondering how you feel that the loss of these legendary uh, legends recently, George Romero and Toby Hooper, are going to affect the horror genre, if any at all. Do you think they will be a rise in people trying to fill their spots? Good question. I mean, eventually people will step to the plate and become the new masters of horror of this generation. Because there's always been masters of horror of each generation, I feel like. Yeah. This generation's master of horror is what? Rob Zombie? Yeah. James Wan? Eli Roth? Oh, God. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> yeah. I-, I like James Wan as the director. Yeah. I-, I hate to call Rob Zombie Poopy Butthole, but some of his stuff is Poopy Butthole. I'm three for three with him. Right. Um, I don't think necessarily that there's going to be a, an effect as far as filmmaking goes. Yeah, because the people that are inspired by George and Toby are already, oh yeah, inspired by them. But I think where you can see, um, is people kind of capitalizing uh. on their passings. Like, you know, Arrow did not put the George Romero box set out because he died. They already had that thing planned. Yeah, but you can always, anytime someone dies, you can expect Nightmare on Elm Street. You know. Special edition, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, special edition. Like, that's just going to happen. That's where I think you'll see more of the effect of these guys' passings. And, it, you know... It, it sucks so much, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, anytime you lose, you know, a master of horror... <laughs> anytime you lose a master of horror, or any great artist... You know, recently we lost Tom yeah. Petty. That, that would hurt. <laughs> you know... The one thing you can hope that comes out of it is maybe someone's like had never heard of a George Romero or a Toby Hooper, and when they passed away, they're like, "Oh, you know, this guy seems like such yeah. a big deal. Let us go and watch their movies and see what happens." And hopefully, it creates a new fan base, you know. But also, like, I don't, know. I don't know. It, it it sucks so much for this for all this to happen because George Romero passing like it caught me out of nowhere. It's like last year with uh, a lot of the music legends dying. You know, it's a tragic thing, of course. 
But the older we get, the older they get. The older we get, the older they get, and the more we're gonna start losing these guys, and that's just the. It's just a fact. Of, that's just a fact of life, <laughs> dummy. Yeah. We gotta stop referencing so much wrestling on here. <laughs> yeah, people were like, if your guys are gonna do wrestling, just do a podcast on wrestling. So Go last on. night was hell in the cell. Let's talk about <laughs> booking decisions. Well, not really. I wasn't, I wasn't serious. Yeah, I know, but still. Um. So, yes, thank you, Amanda, for your question. Very sorry that we answered it so late. So late. Almost two months. God, that's horrible. <laughs> um, but we answered it. And, uh, you know, if you want to send, someone else wants to send us some questions. Sickoncinema <laughs> at gmail.com is where you can send that bad boy down the pipe. Also, if you want to give us a hand and you enjoy what you're hearing, go rate us on iTunes. That's one of the biggest ways you can help us because the more ratings we get, how we get up the, 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 the more chain. people can see us. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back like Arn Anderson or anything. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to do Arn Anderson. Who was, it, who was it? Uh, who was it patting himself on the back? I, I, I don't know, but I, I think I know what you're going for, though. Yeah. I'm going to toot my own horn, but yeah, toot, but toot, toot. toot. I think <laughs> we're pretty good. <laughs> I feel like we do a good job, except for we're late all the time. Cause yeah, if things. we weren't late all the time, I'd say we do a really good job. But, but uh, hopefully so- uh, we're late. <laughs> hopefully soon, I'll be out of school, and we can do, we can do this a little easier, I think. Mm-hmm. And my job will be done soon as well. Right. So. Uh-uh. My job will never be done. <laughs> it's a job forever. <laughs> for, 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 for life. <laughs> Dollar General. Poor, poor, poor. <laughs> we need to stop with wrestling references. That's fun. Uh, it's who we are. If we stopped it completely, yeah, it wouldn't be us. I'm going um, to drink this. It's really hot. So what else do we need to talk about before we get into the movies? I feel like there was something else we needed to talk about. Uh, was it what we're doing this month? No, we do always. We always do that at the end of the show, but definitely want to stick to the end of this episode because we got a big one coming. <laughs> yeah, we got some big shit on the way. Not that this one isn't big. This is probably our biggest show yet yeah. because we actually contacted. Yeah, the director. The director, you know. Um. And yeah. <laughs> there's something. Oh, uh, uh, we're both on Instagram. Uh, doing the Evil Dead challenge. Oh, Evil yes. Dead guy horror challenge for October. Go to Instagram and do that. It's been really fun. I want to give yeah. that a shout out. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Rain Architect. Oh, yeah. The killer at Monsoon Bay is out. Go pick it up on Bandcamp. Go pick it up on SoundCloud. Go pick it up on Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your music from. Go grab it. It's great. And I've listened to it. It's some dank shit, boy. Yeah, boy. (laughs) It's really good. Especially if you love classic 80s slasher horror soundtracks. It's great. Right. And I don't want to spoil anything just yet. Yeah, but let's say we may have a collab coming down the road with Rain uh-huh. Architect here in a little bit, so that's exciting. Hmm. I think we're ready to get into the the films of Mister Adam Elbrant. Now, the first time I became aware of Mister Adam Elbrant was Crossbear. Yes, Crossbear got a lot of buzz when it first came out. I heard uh, guys like Jason from Rain Architect yes, and uh, Horace Ball and all these people talking about this really cool new slasher called Crossbear, and I was like, I want to see it. How do I get my hands on it? I couldn't find a way to get hands on it, because I think at the time, there was only one release, and it, uh, basically uh, the only way to get it was to get it from Adam His himself at a convention. Yeah, I mean, there may have been another way, but I was unaware of it, because I tried to find it. Um, but lo and behold, I was at a convention... 
a Fright Night Film Festival, which I don't go to anymore because it's a pretty shitty convention. It's not even Fright Night anymore. No, now it's like Fandom Fest or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and they were doing a, a film festival like every convention does, it seems like, which is awesome. I think every film festival, I think every convention should do that. Yeah. Um, and they were screening The Cemetery, oh. which lo and behold was the sa- the newest film from the guy who did Crossbear. And Jason like basically put up like, hey, if you're here, The Cemetery's playing. Yeah. And you should watch it because I've seen it and it's good. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went and watched the screening of The Cemetery and enjoyed it. And then mm-hmm. after that, Toe Tag put out Crossbearer. Yeah. And then um, at the Massacre video table at One Whorehound, I picked up Barnhouse. And then Hunters came down the pop, and that's how I was able to acquire the films of Mr. Adam Albrand. I heard of them through you. What was the first movie you were aware of? Was it Hunters? Um, I knew about Crossbearer. Mm-hmm. And hadn't gotten around to watching it. And then... Uh, I watched Hunters about a year year ago back because me and you were on that crazy fond, the most disturbing movie. Yeah, and we'll get into that, but like, yeah, uh, it didn't quite get the buzz I felt like it deserved. Yeah, um, but we'll get into that when we get to it. But the first one we're gonna cover is not Adam's first movie. Adam's first movie is Sot, which I have seen. Yeah, and I don't think it's all that bad. It's not great. Yeah, but he absolutely hates that movie. So I felt like it would, you know, out of respect for him and him not enjoying the movie himself, we would skip over it. Yeah. And go to 2009 in The Burnt House. And <laughs> Spoopy. Spoopy. It's Halloween. Man, this, this movie is crazy. It's Thunder Cray. That sounds nothing like Thunder. That sounds like what you what exactly what it was at the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the burnt house is about a couple who tragically lose their child to SIDS, which is sudden infant death uh, disorder syndrome disorder. I wrote it down. Give me just a second. I can't remember if it's disorder or syndrome. We're gonna write it down at sudden infant death syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah. And uh, this is a real thing. Yeah, which like, is terrifying. the kid just stops breathing. That's it. He's gone. He or she is dead. That's the reason why I do not want to have kids. <laughs> yeah, right? So they lose <laughs> their child to SIDS, and then uh, J.D. Brown's character, which, what's his name? Joe. Yeah, Joe. Um, his mother dies of a heart attack, like, right afterwards. So he goes back to his hometown along with his wife to, uh, you know, get things in order. Yeah. And uh, what, are you, what are you looking at? Looking the cure. Oh, Sorry. okay. <laughs> um, and as they stay in his old childhood home, things begin to get strange and mysteries unravel and the dark pasts come out. Yep. So that is the plot of the burnt. Matt, what did you think about what did you what what what, what, what did you think about the burnt house? A little, a little slower. Do what now? What did you think of the burnt house? <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I'm weird. It's early I morning. Really enjoyed this movie. It's, yeah, um, it's it's very different. Very different than everything else Adam did after. Yeah, the Burn House for sure. The first thing that I've always been super impressed with the Burn House is uh, it's it's legit scary at times, yeah. man. <laughs> like it for real, like gets under my skin in a way that most movies don't. Yeah, 
there's certain scenes in this film that I feel like have like such unbelievable tension. Yeah. It, it's so it's so eerie and so creepy. You're just waiting for something to happen. Mm. When it doesn't, you're like it, you get a false sense of security. Yeah. It's almost like a movie it's kind of like how the movie when it came out the cat people, I guess. Yeah. And how it had it leads lead you into this false sense of Security, yeah, and then boom, get you. Yeah, and then that's how this movie is. In like in particular, the, the one of the scenes that sticks out so much, and not nothing, nothing necessarily happens, is uh, Joe's wife. Which, what's her damn name? We're horrible with names, guys. We're horrible with names. I like, don't remember why I wrote this down in my notes. Oh no, <laughs> okay. I wrote the word bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> Boozled. <laughs> You, you think we're having me pen and paper to write notes with? I, I don't know. <laughs> because my notes you know, we're out down. We never write down what the characters' names are, but we all write down <laughs> stupid shit. We're horrible. I know, right? Adam, we're sorry. Yeah, sorry, Adam. <laughs> what the Thank hell? you again for. Uh, anyways, the wife. We'll just go with that for now yes. until I can remember her name. She does a fantastic job, and I apologize yes. for not knowing her name. She, uh, Joe's fa- father's favorite song, just starts playing for oh. no reason. And, like, she starts wandering through the hall, and it's super dark, and she's just like, Where, Joe, you know? Oh, God, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, it just goes, Burr! and, like, the light flips on, and Joe is sitting there, and she's like, I was hollering for you, you know? Yeah. And he just starts telling this story, and it's just, it's so eerie and so creepy. The atmosphere in this movie is so thick. Yes. And I that I absolutely love it because of that. Like, that's, a, that's absolutely what I like in my horror movies, you know? So this is a movie that uses jump scares correctly. Yes, there's no there's no cat coming out of the closet, you know. Yeah, so there's also no. Uh, let's just throw it in there for shits and giggles. Yeah, everything. Something's gonna happen where something scares you. Yeah, every time something that scary happens, it progresses the story. Yeah, you know the movie opens with this brutal, brutal murder of this guy killing his wife, who he believes as a. Cheated on him, and it's, it takes place in like what nineteen twenty something or something like it's that. Like that. And um, you know, at first you're like, "Well, that's weird." And the opening is very like, I don't quite understand what's happening. Yeah. But then like the story pieces together so well, and it's... like, and it still leaves you a mystery. Like at the end of it, you're like, "Was anything supernatural? Was this all just like madness? Like what happened? Did they get bamboozled? Did they get bamboozled?" <laughs> <laughs> And I absolutely adore that about this movie, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, there's so there's so many times I read something else in my notes. What did you write this time? I said that one guy looked like Corey Taylor. <laughs> 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 Your notes are always bizarre, Matt. Yeah, and always. At least once in each page of notes I wrote, I have to write the word "dead ass" for some reason. I'm <laughs> a shit person. <laughs> um. Even even last last time we did podcast with the documentaries, I wrote dead, dead ass. ass. I'm a shit person. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> was that a lot? <laughs> Sorry, we're so shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been doing this a year, Adam. Yeah. Well, anyways, what were you gonna say before you distracted yourself with Corey Taylor? I don't even remember. All right. Well, I'll keep going then. Um, okay. <laughs> so the movie, the movie, and I know you brought this up too. You said it reminded you of a. Antichrist. Antichrist. Yeah. Which I that, that actually is a really good uh, comparison. It also kind of reminded me of The Shining. Yeah, very much, yeah. Because, like, but the thing that this is different than The Shining, like, in The Shining, they truly are isolated. Yeah. You know, they're out on the mountaintop. 
This one, like, in theory, they could walk somewhere, right? But the move, the way the movie is like structured and designed, and the the atmosphere of it, it feels like you could go in the woods and walk for days, and you're never getting out. Ugh. You're trapped. You know what I mean? This is hell on earth, basically. That's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, exactly. Th- this movie follows <laughs> nightmare logic like something brilliant, in my opinion. This movie is just nightmare fuel in general. It really is. Um, and like most Adam Albrecht movies, and I don't know why this is. On IMDb, it has such a low score. Like, it has like a four. Out of ten? Yes. That's shitty. It's so stupid. Like, this movie is good. Like, it's really, really good. Like, I've seen it a few times, but this this viewing in particular that I was watching it with, you know, intent of critiquing. Yeah. It really clicked with me in a way it hadn't before. Not that I didn't like it before, but, you know, this time I was like, man, this movie is just, it's so eerie. Like, if you allow yourself to just get into the atmosphere of it. Yeah. Like, does a lot happen? Not necessarily. I mean, close to the end, stuff happens. Yeah. But I think that's an arc. But I think that's the thing that, like, some horror fans just, they can't deal with, like, this, like, psychological kind of horror. I don't understand that. Where it's like, is what's happening happening, or is what's happening only in their heads? I find psychological horror sometimes to be more scary than... yeah. You know, it's like, I love my good slashers. I love yeah. zombie movies. But what truly scares me is, like, you know... When I mean, shit gets in your head. Yeah, like, are you becoming unhinged? Like, is this happening, or are you just going crazy? Yeah, are you actually losing it, or is this is this reality? Yeah, because it's a perfect blend of, like, like character study, because you, you kind of watch Joe as, like, he is remembering his violent yeah. past, you know what I mean? And he's slowly deteriorated. Deteri- yeah, he's slowly but surely coming. Yeah, all right, <laughs> coming <laughs> unhinged, and like she is like experiencing these strange supernatural things. Yeah. So it's like this. That's like, and he doesn't believe her because he's so focused on what he's rediscovering as she's discovering it. Oh. Because these are things she didn't know about him, you know? Yeah, and the acting job in this is great. Yeah. They both have this very cold, distant... Yeah. Joe, in particular, who is J.D. Brown, who is in all of these movies, and he is great in every single one of them. Yeah, he, he's a, he's almost like a man of a thousand bases when it comes to, his, when it comes to these movies. He really is, like... He can go from playing this... I wouldn't say happy-go-lucky, but this... Got to have fun as a, like a paranormal invest- investigator. Yeah. To this deranged psychopath who does nothing, who loves nothing more to see people in pain. Yeah. You know, I know he does Adam's movies, but I'm not 100% sure of like, it, you know, how much he does outside of that. Yeah. And more people should definitely use him. He's, I think he's a very underrated actor. He's very good. Like, he always gives 110%. Yeah. And this one, I think, is one of his, like, standout performances. Because, like, he almost, like, he almost never is looking at her. You know what I mean? He's so distant, He's, like, even when he's, like, making eye contact, he's, like, looking past her. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, you see him just go, you know? Yeah. And then at the end, there's, like, this twist, you know? Mm -hmm. Where maybe, maybe he wasn't a lost cause. You know what I mean? You kind of, like... You, some things unravel that like, you're like, ooh, you know, that was I didn't see that coming. Hey, there's there's a few like also scares in this movie that actually got me. And because of how many movies I've seen, it's it's kind of hard to get me sometimes. Yeah, me too. And I feel like a lot of like a lot of horror fans like to go to haunted houses to get that scare sometimes. Yeah, exactly. 
which I'll, I'll work at one. So yeah. <laughs> come, 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 come to where we're at from your manor in Talbot, Tennessee. Talbot, Tennessee. Not about to say Morristown, but <laughs> it's close. Enough. It's close enough. Um, anyway, in this um, movie it, it'll get you, man. The one scene in particular for me that like really put me like you know I talked about that scene, but also another one is she finds this diary. Yeah, and throughout the movie she's kind of reading it. And one time she goes up there, and let's just say it's not what she thought it was, right? Oh, my God. I don't want to spoil it. it let's just say it's kind of shot. It's very, very shining esque yeah. But then all of a sudden she hears this, like, hey, I'm here. Oh. And, like, there's nobody out there. And then as she goes to shut the door, something pops up. There's also a moment where you can see, like, a shadow pass by the door. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that is so good. It's when you have to look into the background. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like... The scares aren't in your face. They're in the back. Yes. You know what I mean? That's what is so good, because that is the scariest stuff to me. You know what I mean? Like, you're not even paying attention, and something happens behind you. Yes. And that happens a couple times in this movie. Adams, like when it comes to directing these movies, he's so smart with it. He really is, yeah. He does things, and we'll talk about in all these movies, that, you know, like, is just subtle little things that, like, set it off. Also, with all these movies... He takes something that's not necessarily an original plot, yeah. and he makes it original by adding his own like weird twist on yeah, it that you, you wouldn't know. expect. None of the movies that he's done are the most original as far as like plot or subject or subgenre. Yeah, but like he all like you said, he always makes it his own. It's like the movie Crossbearer. I mean, we've had um, we've had movies with slashers and stuff wearing the hood and whatnot. We'll get to that more when we yeah. talk about. It. I don't want to get into it too yeah, much right now. And this movie, it, it's it's a, it's a movie a lot like The Shining, a lot like Antichrist, and he finds a way to take that plot and makes this entire story his. It's also like a little like The Changeling. Yes. As yes. well. I, like, I love that movie too. Yeah, it's really good. And what reminds me of The Changeling is just the subtleness of the scares. Yeah. There is jump scares. And But the jump scares are always like the cherry on top of the ice cream, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's already scary. It's already building to something, and then when it happens, you're like, whoo, you know? <laughs> also, again, I, hate, I, hate, I always get off topic, but I always, I've never understood the, the expression, cherry on top of the cake. I've never seen someone put cherry on cake. No, <laughs> I don't know. I always thought it was cherry on top of the sundae. Yeah, that makes more sense, but yeah. I've never, I always heard people say cherry on oh, whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I sing on the cake, I would say. Yeah. You but, know, but yeah. Got anything else you want to talk about with the burnt house before we get into Adam's thoughts on it? Uh, just how creative he he is in these movies. Yeah, which I think we'll get into that closer to the end. And you know, and uh, I, I enjoy his work after as well. Um, but I would like to see him kind of go back to something like this, something a little more subtle, a little more quiet. You know? Yeah. See uh, him do it again because I think he did such a great job. Mm. So. I sent Adam. I put the burn house is different in tone and some of the other films you have done. What was your inspiration for the story and what did you take away from the experience of making it? Okay. Very simple question. Yeah. Because I didn't, like I said, busy man. Very busy man. Did not want to take too much of his time. He also, like, before you get into the responses, like, I mean, you went over the questions and stuff before we did this. And a lot of his responses are very, are well thought out. Yeah, well, very well thought out and I would say also very lengthy. Yeah. He's a great guy. He is. Go support him. Yeah, support Adam Albrecht, guys. 
Yeah, but two new movies coming out, hopefully. This is what Adam had to say. He said, I feel like most people know me from Crossbear and or The Cemetery, as they were my most promoted films to date. My first film, Sight, is closer to the tone to The Burnt House, as it is more of a supernatural horror film, but few people know anything about that film, or should. He put, I am sorry, it isn't very good, and that was my fault. The Burnt House was actually a much different film when it was first conceived, but after a failed first attempt to make the film, which saw the child lead actor drop out on day one, mm. rewrote it and changed the focus of the film from a child actor to a couple who lost their child to SIDS, which is one of the most terrifying things in the world. I also did not script the film traditionally, as I knew I had problems at the time writing dialogue that sounded natural. So I only wrote the actions of, of the scenes and what the goals of each character was. This allowed me to rely on my actors rather than my own talent, which is often exactly what you should do as a director. I learned a great deal about the entire process for making the film, from always doing something until it's right, no matter how many times it takes, to make sure you control the film life in the, in the long run. Beyond that, it is a beautiful film to make. It was a hard, it was hard beyond belief, and a hard drive, and the hard drive, which contained the entire film, crashed on the last day of filming. As a filmmaker, you should always back everything up right away, because if you don't have it twice, you don't have it at all. I spent thousands of dollars to recover it, and still lost a great deal that I had to reshoot or cut around. But those nights out in the rural mountains of uh, Pennsylvania, Working like maniacs, trying to create something beautiful out of nothing, are forever dear to me. So, that's what he had to say wow. on The Burnt House. As, and if you're an independent filmmaker out there, you can actually take a lot from that last statement oh, yeah. as well. You know, if you don't have it twice, you don't have it at all, and that is absolutely the truth. I mean, I would say me and you are definitely, I guess, aspiring filmmakers. Aspiring wanting, filmmakers, for sure. And wanting to make stuff that people will enjoy, mm-hmm. of course. And you get a lot from that, man. Yeah, you know. He, again, he's a great guy. Wise words from a man who has experienced the worst of it. <laughs> yeah. Which is easy to do. <laughs> so, we fast forward to 2013 to what is probably Adam's most known movie, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Crossbear. Um, would you like to give the plot to this one? It's not... Um. I think you can handle it. It's not super hard. <laughs> well, it starts off with these girls and I guess a couple guys that work at a strip club, a strip club owned by a very shady piece of shit. Played by J.D. Brown. Yes. He's great. And they go to sell coke to one of their, uh, what'd you call it? Coke, uh, like a drug deal? Yeah, like, like, yeah. Why did I say that? They go to do a drug deal, and it, go, it turns to it goes to hell in a handbasket real quick, because there's a serial killer there who is a Jesus freak, and Who's wants to punish those who sin. Yep, taking them out with a claw hammer, which is pretty nasty. So I'm about to put somebody on blast. Oh, we always put people over. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm about to bury somebody. Uh-oh. On IMDb, Happy Poncho 65. Oh, I, don't know, I don't think you'd actually mention the name. Happy Poncho, which I don't think is a thing no more because there's not IMDb message boards anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. However, Happy Poncho 65, go F yourself. He wrote a review, or she, 
I always say he. I don't know. I don't know. That's sexist. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're assuming their gender. I know. I got to <laughs> stop. Uh, wrote a review, and I want to read that review because I want to show you exactly what we strive not to do at Sick on the Cinema. I don't even consider what we do as reviews. I consider it film discussion. The title of this review is Crappy Plot. Okay? And I can see why some people may not like the plot of this movie because it's, it's very, you know, it's a very sleazy exploitative. Very gritty, almost like Grindhouse type plot. Exactly. So some people will be like, not my cup of tea, which is fine. But this person said this. Oh, God. Well, I haven't seen this movie. Just the synopsis is enough to tell me what I want to know. Horseshit. <laughs> you can't talk about a movie if you have not seen the movie. You stupid piece of shit. <laughs> Good God. The main character is a stripper living with a woman who has a kid from a man and has a drug problem. Wrong. That is not the plot of this movie. No. <laughs> how, how, how do you mess up this bad? Has a girlfriend she is cheating with and wants to run away with. I don't know where you get the fact that she's cheating. They're just a couple. Yeah, they're, they're just a couple. Has to do a job, commit a crime, in quotations, to get out of the hated, li- hated life. Hated life? I, I, who knows? Then we get treated to a psychopath who just happens to be Christian and wants to kill all degenerates. Really? We have a junkie stripper who is about to commit a crime and run away with a lover? Not, not once is it mission because she's she a junkie. A drug addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and she also doesn't strip. She dances. Yeah, exotic dancing. Yeah, she doesn't strip. It's a little more classy. Yeah. I, and am sure many feel this way, are tired of being told that criminals and drug addicts are good. They're never once treated as good in this movie. I, just reading this, I can imagine what this person looks like. That alternative lifestyles are normal. And that God is somehow involved in making people murderous. Because it's never happened once that somebody who is a Christian has killed somebody. Oh, never once ever. Never once ever. So, happy Poncho 65, go sit on a dick <laughs> in your ass because <laughs> guys and girls both don't want that. <laughs> well, for the most part. Well, I, I think you got that little mixed up there, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm upset. And if you're if you're a homosexual guy, which probably not because you seem to be focusing really heavy on the Christianity thing, mm-hmm. although gays can be Christians too, I'm really digging a hole here. <laughs> you're, 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 you're burying yourself. <laughs> You're trying to bury some guy on IMDb who posted this probably like three, four years ago, and you're trying to bury him, but simultaneously you're burying your fucking self. <laughs> I love everybody. I was <laughs> anyway, okay, this, this guy, he's a piece of shit, whoever he or she is. You, you could have easily just said, go fuck yourself. Just go fuck yourself. Sit yeah. on a dick. I don't know. <laughs> Or you could tell him to eat a bag of dicks or something like that. Fall down a dick tree and hit every branch. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. That is, I hate it so much. IMDb is cancer when it comes to the review section. <laughs> People being like, this is the worst movie ever. But I've never seen it. <laughs> but I haven't ever seen every movie ever. Look, you can say something like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And I have the right to be like, you're wrong, and here's why. Yeah. But if you've never seen every movie ever, you cannot say it's the worst or best movie ever. Because <laughs> you haven't seen every single one of them. 
I said, well, this person, I can imagine what this person looks like, either as a female or a male. Excuse me. And <laughs> that, yeah, you, you were doing this whole thing where you think they're like a computer nerd. I don't see that. I see a very, very heavy, probably Christian person who's very against anything with Christianity doing with horror in general. I have no problem with anybody. I don't, I don't either. You know what I'm saying? Do what you want to do as long as it's legal. Yeah. And or not or, hurting somebody. Yeah, or hurting or harming anyone in any way. Yeah. Give <laughs> you buried yourself. I so buried much. myself pretty hard on that. <laughs> I just kept wow. saying things, and I was like, "That sounds stupid." <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> okay. Happy Poncho sixty five. You're a you're a piece of shit. <laughs> if you don't like the movie, then why even? Why why open your mouth? Why open your mouth? <sighs> God, I don't, I don't. I hate that too. Uh, so anyways, Crossbear. I had to start with that because I saw that when I was scrolling through IMDb and uh was like, God, this is the fucking stupidest thing I've ever saw. Oh, my coffee got cold. <laughs> so, Cross Bear, like I said, is probably Adam's uh, most known movie. It, it got quite a push and buzz when it, when it was released initially. And then when Totag uh, did the special edition of it, it really, yeah. you know, blew up. And, uh... uh how you want to start with this, man? You want to talk about some of the some of the things we like, some of the things we dislike? What do you want to do? I enjoy the gore in this movie quite a bit. Yeah, the gore is a good, goopy, nasty, pulpy. <laughs> pulpy. Pulpy gore. I enjoy that as well. Also, the sleaze is pretty nice. Pretty yeah, nice you know, movie. like, um, it put me in the mind of something like a maniac. Yes. You know, it's definitely a sleazy, grimy, dirty, grindhousey yeah. slasher, which is, you know... I mean, it's a slasher. Yeah. If you take if you take a slasher too damn seriously, you know, as if giving it a two because mm-hmm. it has something to do with Jesus, then you know you're you're looking at it the wrong <laughs> way. It's meant to have a good time with. Yeah, it's brutal at times. Oh yeah. Because uh, was it Isaac Williams? Is that who plays the cross bear? Yeah, and Adam. I thought, I thought it was you behind yeah. the mask. Yeah, yeah. The first time I saw it as well, I was like, oh, Adam plays cross bear. Oh wait, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Because he had played characters in other movies before, including his own. Yeah. And I was like, is that him? Well, he uh, the same guy's also in the cemetery. And yeah. and so is Adam as well. They both play monks. And there's times where I'm like, wait, well, which one is that one? <laughs> <laughs> Hold up! But, uh, yeah, he does such a good job as the killer. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a, a menacing guy. And Adam does this great thing where he, like, he'll shoot him from the bottom looking up. As he's given some of his oh, like yeah. speeches, and it's such a great, um, just a great way to like shoot him because it just makes him look so imposing. And the way the the killer looks in this movie, which you know looks been done before, yeah. But again, once again, he puts his own like little taste on him because, like, this is also very different from a normal slasher. Yeah, because. Like a lot of times he does something that not a lot of killers do, which I know a lot of them, a lot of the popular ones like a Freddy or a Jason, are supernatural. Very supernatural, yeah. But this guy, he runs around with a flashlight, and he's looking for them. Actually, it's just something you don't really see. Yeah, you know, he's like looking under tables with his flashlight. Where are you, Harlot? You know, it's really cool. It's really cool. Like I I love that because like that's just a little bit of realism that sets the movie apart from other ones. Um, the kills are good, like you said. I enjoy the violence. The characters are pff, scumbags, but I mean, yes, they kind of—that's kind of what they are. 
Of course, you, you feel you feel. Some of them are likable, though. Yeah. Uh, in particular, the lead, who is Natty Jean, Natalie Jean. Yeah. Who is Henry Zabrowski's girlfriend. Yeah. That was a tie to one of our favorite podcasts, last podcast on the left. Uh, Henry Zabrowski's the man. He's the man. <laughs> and uh, also, Adam, if you're if, if you're listening to this, please tell me you hang out with Henry Zabrowski. <laughs> please tell me. Um, she does a great job of being very sympathetic. Yeah. You know. Because, like, unlike that reviewer, Happy Poncho 65, um, she's not, she never, she never portrayed as a drug addict. Yeah. She's stripping, not even necessarily stripping, she's stripping in a sense of, like, she doesn't get naked. Yeah, she's trying to make, she's, all she's trying to do is make money. She's trying to make money to get out. Yeah. That's not beyond the realm of reality. Mm -hmm. She's in love with this girl named Bunny, and they just want to get away from this lifestyle because it sucks. Yeah, it's not portrayed as though they're having a good time. I and mean, the first thing no. that happens to Natty in a in the strip club is she runs into this piece of shit. Oh, that scene made me so mad. Yeah, when right. I was watching this when she boots him in the mouth. You're like, hell yeah. And then even later, when something else happens, you're like, hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get him. Yeah, exactly, because he's such a piece of shit. That's why that review is so wrong because it doesn't portray this lifestyle as good. <laughs> I think you just slowed down on this heavy poncho guy. I'm you sorry, that review really pissed me off. Okay. Breathe. It's just, <laughs> it's such a stupid thing. Like, you don't even know. Like, it's not, they're not portrayed as the good guys. There is no necessarily good guy other than Natty. Th- last time we were on the podcast, I got extremely triggered over a movie. And this is another time you got triggered over, well, not necessarily the movie itself. But I mean, this is not even my favorite Adam Albrant movie. You know what I mean? But if, he, if you're not going to get it right, then just, don't review yeah. it. If you've not watched the movie, shut your damn mouth. And give it, she, she gave it a two, not even a one. Like, she shit all over it, but she gave it a two. Or he, whoever the hell this happy poncho person is. Anyways, I'll try to not stop talking about that and just talk about the movie. Okay. Um, My favorite character in this movie, though, is, uh, what's his name? I think it's Mark. Oh, yes. The, Mark, yes. The porno dude. The, porn, the guy who makes porn for his private collection, but makes films like for art. <laughs> he does kind of look like them, doesn't he? He makes films for art. Yeah. <laughs> He's oh, just man. such a, a fun guy. You know yeah, I mean? like he's not again. Nobody in this movie necessarily is a good person. He honestly seems like the kind of guy you, you you're kind of friends with in high school. Yeah, and you're just like, God, this guy's cringy, but he's funny. Yeah, exactly. That's what's gonna say. Like he has a line in this movie that is cringy. Yeah, but is also hilarious, very funny. And the one I'm talking about, and you may be talking about another one, is, Hey, you son of a bitch, you killed my steady pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he doesn't give a god dang that. That was like his like girlfriend yeah. or whatever. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> also, and that line kind of tells you what you're watching. I mean, like, but but Adam has this weird thing in like in this and the cemetery where it goes from like just like goofy and comedic to brutal and oh disturbing. You know, like anytime the cross bear himself is in frame, it ain't funny no more. No, there's no comedy. <laughs> like he is vicious with his claw hammer, and <laughs> which. In real life, I don't know if it's the most practical weapon to mm. use. It's been used before, though. I mean, yes. By killers. And, of course, the video that surfaced around on, online. Three guys, one hammer. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Um, I feel like I've talked more about this than you. You want to go ahead and I'm trying to bring up some of your points you would like to speak of? Um, I, mean, I feel like the only thing I really did not enjoy about this movie was the the car scene when we were talking about the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, it's such a. It's not necessarily a bad scene. It's just I don't know. I don't know. There's there is something about it to me. Like when I'm watching that scene, I'm like, uh, 
it could be cut. Yeah. But there's just it's just like I don't know. It's a weird justification almost. It's it's almost it's almost like breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I don't I didn't like as I I have that wrote down too is I I really don't like the that scene. Yeah. I do love JD Brown though. Yeah. Who plays the strip club owner? He's such a piece God, of shit in this movie. He he again, he plays so many characters so well. So uh you know and Daddy Daddy Jean does a great job. She does a great job as well. And they would collab for the next two movies. Yeah. You know. Well, this movie, next movie is what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's a good movie. I mean, it's a fun, sleazy, disturbing slasher. Yeah. Nothing and, more. Uh, and doesn't need to be. And that's what makes this movie so good. I'm trying to think of like the kill scenes and how brutal they are. I think the, the most brutal one is whenever they're the. The guy who's about to have a th- the threesome with the two chicks. He just busts in. Yeah, he's busting and just smashes that girl's head in. Yeah, it made me think way too much of a Cannibal Corpse song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what that is. What good? Like it's not like he's like oh, and he picks them off one by one. Like he just like he's an effort. He just maniacs his way in and just slaughters them, <laughs> and it's, it's brutal. He's like screw it. There's only one kill in this movie I don't like, and it's the <laughs> cocaine scene. You didn't like that one? I don't understand what is happening. <laughs> like she, She's having an overdose. I guess, but does just pouring a bag of cocaine on someone's face do that? You can't breathe. I guess so. I don't know. So I, I just don't like it. I feel like, it, you know, just him oh, and him. creative as shit. It's cool, and it is creative, but I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it as in, like, as like just beat your head in. You know what I mean? Like, that <laughs> made more sense to me. <laughs> it's almost like the killer, he's just pouring on there, like, as, like torture almost and then he's like oh wait I killed her yeah <laughs> but I understand where you're coming from which did lead to the best line in the movie like I said oh you killed my steady pussy <laughs> <laughs> um and another thing that like Adam is so good at is just doing a little things to set this movie off from other slashers is like so many slashers the film just ends yeah they defeat the killer it's over credits this movie actually shows a little bit of the life of the survivor girl post and it's not sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, like exactly. Expect. Like she, all the people she knew and associated with, including her girlfriend, are dead. I mean, I think like the only other slasher movie that kind of does that is Halloween, because Halloween two, when you start that one. Yeah, but they, that she never, she's never like, man, my two friends are dead ass. Yeah, she's just like, I survived. Yeah. Where the, <laughs> this poor, this poor girl, her love, her love died. All her friends are dead. Yeah, and. All she has is her child. It's not even her child. No, it's not even her child. No, it's not even her child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not even her child. Yeah. Uh, uh, now I think that makes more sense than what I was thinking since I'm, she's she's a lesbian. Yeah. makes <laughs> <laughs> more sense. But, uh, but that's great. I mean, like more, I feel like a lot more movies should do that because it just it's more realistic. Things yeah. are not just done and over with. And I don't know if, I should, I don't know if we should really get into this because of spoilers. What? The bit of a supernatural. Oh well, I, I think that's just a slasher thing. I don't think that's yeah. much of a spoiler. I mean, to say that I didn't see it coming though. To say there's a survivor girl, and that she defeats the killer is not much of a spoiler. It's a slasher. It's yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, that's just a slasher thing. The fact that like what you're saying is at the end, it's like maybe he isn't dead. It's it's got a supernatural ending, which is pretty cool. I didn't I didn't see it coming because the movie's so gritty and so just real nasty. Yeah. I expected there to be like a kind of supernatural ending to it, and you know you talk about like that though. Yeah, me too. And you talk about the mask, and like it's not the most original mask, but it still looks cool. 
Yeah. Like, he, he kind of, like, wraps it around and creates this, like, mouthpiece thing. Yeah. And it also is the most practical out of this mess I've ever seen. I mean, you can stuff a sack on someone's head all the time. It's always going to look pretty cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's always going to look kind of good. Yeah, of course. Uh, I just recently bought an independent film. I don't want to say the name of it because it was real shitty, and I don't like putting <laughs> people on blast like that other than the one person I put on blast today. But they used a sack egg killer, too, and it was, you know, I still was like, he looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that, that mask just look, always looks cool. Ever since the town that dreaded sundown. Yep. It's always looked good. Oh, yeah. So, uh, final thoughts on the crossbear before we move on. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah, it's very good. Um, here is what Adam had to say about the crossbear. He said, Crossbear is a Philadelphia film through and through. The grit and grime you see is what I love about the city. It's hard to find a movie more lawless and de- it's ho- oops, let me try again. <laughs> it's hard to find a more lawless and decrepit place than uh, Kingston, which is where we shot the majority of the film. I feel like you can feel the danger of making that film on screen. And yes, Maniac was indeed one of the films that inspired Crossbear. I wanted to use the weak, the weakness I knew I had as a producer, no money, access only to abandoned and crumbling locations, very cheap camera equipment, etc., as an aesthetic rather than try and work against them. Films like Maniac, Henry, Last House on the Left, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are all enhanced by their use of the rugged nature of their equipment and environment. In fact, I prefer to watch those films on VHS because it's how I remember them, and the low fidelity only makes them feel more real in a way to me. So. I can definitely see. I can definitely see that because where they're at, it looks dangerous. I mean, shit. again, there's there's another you know good tip on filmmaking for all you aspiring filmmakers out there. Use what you got. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, look at a uh, El Mariachi, the first film by uh, Robert Rodriguez. He's like, yeah. what do I got? I got a I got a bus, I got a guitar case, and I got a turtle. Let me see if I can make a movie out of that. <laughs> and he did. And he did. You know, that's the perfect thing to do. Use what you have because you're not going to have the budget that bigger movies have. You're not going to be able to pull off what Hollywood can. So take what you have and use it in a unique way. You know, that's what he's saying. And that's, that's what's awesome. All right. Uh, we're back. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, uh, so, two, also 2013 is when this movie was released. 2013? As well. as Crossbear. Oh, really? I don't think he, I don't know if he necessarily made them the same year, but I know they both were released the same year. Okay. Well, uh, this one is the cemetery, and it's a another crazy movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, the cemetery basically tells the story of this uh, ghost hunting TV crew, right? <laughs> yeah. Who venture out to this cemetery that is supposed to be the burial ground of possessed Native Americans. Yeah. That these monks <laughs> mutilated in order to save their souls, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Very Salem-esque. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they want to investigate possible hauntings there. And lo and behold, they get themselves into some deep shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one, J.D.'s character. J.D. Brown. Uh, uh, hey, again, another great character. Shout him out. Um... <laughs> Okay, if if you got a if you stole a book from a place, yeah, and it mentions a place that you should never go, yeah, you should probably never go. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the truth of most horror films. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they just can't not do that though. This movie remind like 
I definitely see a lot of inspirations in this movie. Mm. I see a lot of Evil Dead. Evil Dead, for sure. And a little pet cemetery. Oh, yeah. Because I know Adam, we'll get to it when I talk about, you know, what he says about yeah. this movie. Uh, you know, little pet cemetery as well, I would say. Because mm-hmm. sometimes dead's better. Hold on, Rod. Rod. The idea of this movie is insane, and I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, so the film starts with these like these three monks who arrive at this little, these little uh, this little village. Yeah, right? and they are like repent sinners, <laughs> and somehow a demon is unleashed. And I love these scenes. Oh, I, yeah. They're awesome. Like they're so cool. Like it's Adam, another guy, and uh, Isaac William from Crossbear, just like mutilating. And it kind of reminds me a little of like Redson Tower. Yeah. Like some of like the the background the the background some of the flashback scenes and yeah. uh, Red Redson Tower. It, it does remind me a lot of that. And it's really cool. It's awesome. It's gory. Uh, but it does lead to one of my big problems in this movie. And I don't think we have the same problem because I think it's more of a personal thing. Don't like metal used okay. as a soundtrack. I feel like it fits in this movie a little bit. I like the opening. Yeah, I like it in the opening, but later when it's actually used in like scenes, I don't like it. I I mean, I'm I'm a huge metalhead, so yeah. Well, I like metal too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like I listen to a lot more than you do. You do for sure. But especially extreme metal stuff. Oh yeah, in this movie they use some Flesh God Apocalypse and a band I haven't really heard of, mm. and I, I do enjoy that. But I don't know if it really fits in. I don't, I don't really think death metal fits in horror movies. No, I'm fine with using it as like a like a like a opening credits, closing credits song. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. But I don't know. It, to it's me, like it's a lot though, and it's me personally. Like this is like. This is more of my feeling than it is like a critique of the movie. Yeah, just a personal like opinion. I don't like it personally. Mm-hmm. So when it, when I hear it and I see it, I'm like, uh, you know, like, I don't really like it. It's one of those things where I feel like horror movies transfer extremely well to metal. Yeah, but metal, I don't know if metal transfers extremely well into a lot of horror movies. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I'm wrong in some cases. Yeah, sometimes it absolutely works. But with this with, with this movie, I feel like he doesn't use it. With, I feel like he uses it when it's okay to use it. Yeah, I mean, but again, like I said, that's more of a personal thing. Though. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I like when a movie uses a song. Like, for instance, the end of Lords of Salem. Mm-hmm. That's They use that Velvet Underground song perfectly. Yeah. And I'm not saying Adam doesn't do a good job of using the music in this movie. What I'm saying is just personally, that kind of music just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I don't like when someone's being killed in a movie and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just like... Eh. I don't really like that. That's a personal thing. I do thing. enjoy the music in this movie, though. Yeah. Well, but, I know you would. <laughs> yeah. But um, my, my favorite parts of this movie are definitely the characters involved. Yeah, so you have this like yeah. ghost hunting team, which features uh, J.D. Brown. No, back again. It features Mark, from yeah. uh, which he's great in this movie as well. It features Natty. She's back. Yeah. But again, it leads to one of my big problems with the movie. Tim. Mm. <laughs> the Tim character... Not a fan of his at all. Yeah, I, I can't say I am either, but I, I do like some of the, the interactions with him and some of the crew. Him and the guy who played Mark in um, <laughs> Crossbear do have some pretty good... Of course, again, I didn't write nobody's names down because... I wrote J.D. down. <laughs> yeah, I wrote J.D. Brown and Natalie Jean and Tim. But of course, I didn't write nobody else's. But like, there's a scene with like 
he's referring to like, oh, you should bang fat chicks. And he's like, that's just not, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I was like, like, <laughs> the same with the sandwich kind of threw me off. I was like. Yeah. The thing about it to me is like, Tim would fit in Crossbear. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But like, this movie does, like, that super sleazy style to me just doesn't match the tone. I feel like he could fit this movie. I just feel like he's 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 a little cringe for me. There's just there's some odd tonal shifts in this movie because the movie opens so dark. Yeah, and then immediately we get into the Tim character, and he's just <laughs> so goofy and like sleazy in a way that doesn't make sense for this movie. That it's just like I don't really know where Adam was coming from with his character in this, honestly. Yeah, and that doesn't hurt the movie as a whole. It's just. That character to me just doesn't fit. Well, I mean, you know what happens to him anyway. Well, yeah, so. of course, you know what's going to happen to everybody. They're all going to get motherfucked. So initially, they start doing this seance, you know, to shoot. And lo and behold, they unleash the demon, who is played by half breed Billy Graham. Your CZW alumni, half breed yes. Billy Graham, who used to. Uh, uh, manage one of our favorites, Brain Damage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brain Damage is awesome. Oh, that, that's him. Yeah, I remember the long-haired yeah. guy? Yeah, that's Happy Billy Graham. Oh, my God. I think he also, did he also manage Scotty Vortex at one point, too, I think? Maybe. I, I, he's, he had the, the the Cult Fiction shirt. Yeah, yeah Cult yeah, Fiction. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, Cult Fiction. Uh, he does a great job in this movie. He is awesome, is he His not? His character looks great. He's so creepy looking. Because he, like, in the same way he looked great in, like, CZW, he's got that long black hair. He's very gaunt, very skinny. Yeah. Has great features, you know. I do have a, a bit of a story to tell about this movie. Okay. Okay, I came, to watch this movie, I came home from work at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning to watch this. This is not the best movie to watch at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> because. Or the best, depending on how you look at it. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> true. I, I was, I was sitting there watching it, I was like. God almighty. <laughs> it's just an assault, and that's what I like about it. Like, yeah. once you get past that opening with Tim's character and some of the awkward interactions, once the actual demon stuff mm-hmm. begins to happen, it is just an assault. Like, it's a nonstop, crazy-ass gore, monster, like, demon possession, and just violence, and people getting ripped to shreds, and it's great. Yeah, the, the gore is fantastic in this movie. I don't know who did it, but... I don't either, but, uh... Super gory. Oh, yeah. Like, much gorier than Crossbearer, even. Yeah. Like, this movie's got tons of gore in it. And, like, I think he'll mention in one of the one of his, uh, the questions you, a- you asked him. Like, people say he didn't have a lot of gore in this movie. Then I watch this movie, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. What are we talking about, like, dude? At one point, she rips a guy's leg apart and uses the bone as a weapon. Which is nasty. Gory. So brutal, man. I was, um, I was like, ooh, boy. But, yeah, like... Like, you know, uh, Billy Graham doesn't have a ton. He doesn't do a ton yeah. in this movie, but he's just enough in it. Because every time he's in it, it's like, he looks awesome. He's cool. Yeah. You know, like, you're like, yes. <laughs> he, he's a great-looking character. And at one point, uh, no, I don't think this is a spoiler, Natty uh, Jean is the one who becomes possessed. Yeah. And she looks great possessed as well. Also. Like, the contacts and stuff they use and the blood makeup and everything. And she does just a good job of just being very feral. and Yeah, and how... You didn't mention how they get transformed, though. You have to sin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is a great ideal, right? Yeah. 
She sins by cheating on her boyfriend. Well, they're all sinners. They're all at risk of being possessed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which it leads to something later on yeah. in the movie. But Yeah, once geez. the movie gets going on, man, it's just like... It goes. It, it, it's as you said. It's a full on assault. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this movie too is like the char- Like I love the realism in the characters of them not being like <laughs> we gotta stick together. We gotta be friends. They're just like f you. I'm getting the f out of here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Was his name Mark? Mark is his name in Crossbear. Okay. Yeah. His, his character is one of my favorites because he's one of the ones with like he's like screw this. I'm out. Yeah. Right. Like nah. I ain't dealing with this. And then when he gets. And then when I feel like it's not very uh, spoiler esque, but whenever he does get injured, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, like, don't leave me. <laughs> Another thing realistic. that's great too is like they bring it up. Like he's like, even if you get out of here, what are you gonna do? You just killed my girlfriend. Like mm-hmm. no one's gonna believe that she was possessed by a demon. Which I was like, that's a really cool Little. aspect of the film. You know what I mean? So it's something that in a lot of movies that'd be like the end and be like. Oh, it's a little like it's a little like Blair Witch Two, yes, which is kind of an underrated movie. People shit on that movie, but it really doesn't deserve it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen this. So. <laughs> so yeah, that stuff is all great. Like the only th- the only big problem I have in this movie is that some of the sleaziness just doesn't match mm-hmm. the tone of the movie. And it's like if he if it was a little more straightforward, I think I would have liked it a little more than what I do. But I still like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is also very like everyone's out for themselves. Mm-hmm. No one again, unlike a lot of Adams movies, there no one's really a good character. You know what I mean? No, they they, they all have something rough. They all them. they all have a hidden agenda, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean you say that, but we'll, we'll get the hunters later. Yeah, hunters is an exception to the rule. Yeah, I think Burnt House and Hunters, and it's odd that that's kind of the bookends, are kind of the exceptions. And cross yeah. like Crossbear is very similar to. Cemetery, you yeah. know, and yeah, I, I don't know. This movie's that's just so much crazy shit, and it's hard it's to talk good, about man. It all. Yeah, it's just uh, you should go check it out. Massacre has it out mm-hmm. in both a special edition Blu-ray and DVD. Also, uh, the the horror challenge is coming up. The mm-hmm. one of the days it's coming up. Outfit you would wear. I couldn't think of anything really, so I'm going with the one dude's shirt from. Uh, hunters. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Don't take my idea. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cemetery. I mean, it's just it's just a fun movie, and you know we'd be remiss without saying, uh, you know, Billy Graham's late great uh, ma- uh, managerial figure, yeah. uh, brain damage. Mm-hmm. Go watch the term of death where he faces <laughs> um, Drake Younger. <laughs> Drake Younger, man. It's one. Of, it's the. It's, uh, the funnest match you'll ever Yeah, I've the ever lumberjack seen. death match. So good. So great. Oh my god, it's so fun. <laughs> so yeah. Cemetery's great. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Would you like I to hear would... what Adam had to say about it? Yes, I would. <clears throat> I met Billy Graham through Ruby LaRocca, who is also in the film. We had a very hard time casting people who had native First Nation blood. In fact, Billy isn't fully native himself and goes by the nickname Half Breed. I always wanted to make a Pet Cemetery prequel explaining the curse on the burial ground, but obviously due to budget constraints, I had to set the film in current time. And, uh, and as was the case with The Burn House, the film had many initial forms, albeit on paper, only to satisfy the producers of the project. 
As a matter of fact, the initial film wasn't humorous in any way and played more in the vein of record. Making the leads ghost hunters was actually more of a matter of function. I needed a reason for them to go to a remote location in the woods, and as a result of always wondering what indeed would happen if one of those shows stumbled upon something real. Wow. Makes sense. Like, once you hear that, like, oh, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) He's so damn smart. (laughs) And, like, when he brought, when I read that, and he's like, oh, he wanted to initially make the cemetery, like, a prequel to... Pet Cemetery. I was like, God, that makes sense now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I could see that. Um, So, yeah, Cemetery, go check it out. Finally. We're getting a little grittier here. 2016. Yeah. Um, A movie that should be renowned as... One of the heavy hitters of the extreme horror cinema genre, Hunters. And how it's not is mind-boggling. It's just, I guess it just didn't, I don't know. I feel like more not enough people, the genre, the, the subgenre still exists, but the community really doesn't exist anymore. Like when I first started upon YouTube, about a year in, sorry, I'm stepping on your cord. <laughs> the STF community, sick, twisted fucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, was a very predominant thing where the whole community, myself included, what we did was we just reviewed, discussed, mm-hmm. tried to find the most disturbing films humanly possible. But a lot of infighting amongst some of the members oh, led to God. it being, you know, ended pretty early. Yeah, And there's people still in the community who still do stuff, but it's not a community anymore. That, that sucks. You know, it's just not what it used to be. And had it still been, Hunters would have definitely been a movie that would have made its rounds and would have been highly regarded amongst the, the STF community. I feel like one of the last movies to be really passed around was Serbian. Film. Serbian, yep. Because, I mean, that movie does deserve recognition for being... It's rep- yeah, it deserves its reputation. Um, but what made Serbian um, was actually the bootlegging of it. Yeah. Like, had that movie not been bootlegged as much as it was, it wouldn't have garnered the reputation it deserved because people who would have never seen it saw it. You know what I mean? It became a phenomenon. Which, you know, like, when it comes to pirating movies, I'm completely 100% against it. But Serbian yeah. films... Serbian is one of the few movies where, like, it actually benefited that movie, but it also didn't make it money. So it's kind of a weird... It's a weird situation. It's a weird catch-22 because, like, without it being so heavily pirated it wouldn't have got the audience it did. Like, people, like, just randomly that know Robbie likes horror movies at his yeah. work. Robbie's a friend of ours. Yeah. Um, We'll just come up to him like, oh, I know you like horror movies. You ever seen the movie Serbian film? Oh. You know, like, and had it not been pirated that way, that would have never happened. But at the same time, those people are not going to go out and buy the Unearthed Special Edition. Which, is that out yet? No, it's coming out. Okay. They're still, they're actually making, like, a full-length documentary on the making oh, of Serbian, cool. so they're waiting for that to be done. Uh, so, anyways, Hunters. Yeah, this... How this movie did not get passed around at all blows my mind. Well, like I said, it's just a different time, you know? Yeah. Um, Hunters tells a story of two brothers who are Ugh. monsters. <laughs> who are pieces of shit. They are serial killers who... Sorry, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> who capture, murder, torture, and force to do their own bidding, actually, at some points... And all while being filmed. And lo and behold, we have a group of independent filmmakers in the woods who are who happen to run across the hunters. 
where to begin with this? Yeah, <laughs> that's the best. That's the best reaction to this movie. Whew. <laughs> this is one of those movies where you want you want to stop watching, but you just can't. The first time I watched Hunters, we watched it together actually, which was very awkward. But well, yeah, but <laughs> whatever. And uh, when it was over, I was like, it was good. Yeah. It wasn't until again that I watched it with the 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 viewing of critiquing and you know observing more heavily. Yeah. Not just watching it on the surface, but actually really digging into it. That I was like, this movie is disturbing. It's nasty. It is rough. Like whenever I was going back into it, I was watching myself. I was like, yeah. I mean, uh, well, like. The the tagline of this movie is like, can a movie go too far? Yeah. Can you take the violation was the marketing campaign for it. Yeah, and when I was going back into it, because the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, it was nasty, but mm-hmm. watching it alone, it makes it worse, because this movie is just so depraved. Yeah, like, it is, like you used to talk about Cemetery just being assault. Yeah. Hunters is a damn... Nuclear bomb drop. <laughs> you know it, what I mean? It like, hits you from all angles. It is a non-stop, scene to scene, depraved, madness, gore, brutality, offensive, rape, murder. Like Ugh. it never ever stops. <laughs> like no. scene to scene to scene to scene. <laughs> Torture, murder, rape, torture, murder, rape. You know, and it's, it's like, like Brock Lesnar's mantra. Each yes, <laughs> suplex for feet. And if you're into these kind of movies, you want to see something that's going to shock you and Watch bother this. you. Hunters is your movie. It is designed to be unrelenting. You know what I mean? The, that campaign is perfect. Can you take the violation? You know what I mean? I, I didn't quit writing notes. <laughs> oh God, what have you done? I wrote down Redneck Riddler. <laughs> 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 Your notes are always so. I just imagine you like missing key scenes in the movie to be like Redneck Riddler. <laughs> no, I don't, miss, I don't miss any scenes. I just write. I'm like <laughs> write it down. I'm like, so okay. one of the brothers is J D. Brown, of course. Of course. <laughs> and he's he's great. He's because he's, he's he crosses that weird line where at one point it's like this guy's kind of funny and he's kind of charming. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other side, it's like he is a horrible, horrible human being. Also. I hate this stars a uh, few recognizable if you're into oh, yes. independent film. We have we have JD Brown, we have Adam Albrandt, mm-hmm. we have Victor Bonacore who directed Day of the Deadbeat. Yeah. Or not Day of the Deadbeat, Diary of the Deadbeat. Yeah. Which is a great documentary on Jim Van Barber. Yeah, and I want I, want, I kind of want that shirt. Yeah, right. I know I probably could go get it. Yeah. But Dave Parker is in it, Mr. Parker? Yes. Uh we also got Ellie Church. Mm-hmm. We got Haley Madsen. We got Linnea Quigley. Wow, yeah. You know, this is an all-star cast of who's who of independent film, you know? And and everyone does a great job. And this movie's tagline does not... Sorry. Um, Doll probably got nice. Yeah, probably. Um, this movie does not relent. And it's like, can a movie go too far? I don't, I don't think, so. think so. As long as no but, one's actually getting hurt. Yes. <laughs> Or you're not hurting animals or shit like that. As long as nobody is for real getting hurt without consent. Yes. Then no, it can't. This or uh, or pedophilia, you know. Yeah. Like for real pedophilia. Yeah, That's like, going a bit far. But anyways, <laughs> off topic. Sweet, sweet. Holy shit, that scared the hell out of me. Hmm? You pausing it? No, we're just going to keep going. F that noise. You just keep this in? Yeah. He's going to keep doing it's this. It's not going to stop. We might as well just keep talking. 
Yeah, um, anyway, this movie... You don't have to scream, you're blowing me up. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how triggered you get by this. I hear it 24-7. <laughs> this is all going in because this is great. Woo! <laughs> Are you going to leave? Dead ass. <laughs> so anyways, what were oh, we talking about? I don't remember. Can you take the violation? Yeah. Perfect tagline for this movie. Very much so. And, God, I, I just don't know where to go with this. I don't think we should give away, like, too many key scenes. Oh, my God. It, <laughs> Stop! It, Shit! <laughs> focus on me. I, I can't! It pushes the boundaries. We live in the South, dog. You just got to deal with it. should have just paused it. We're not going to pause it. We've almost got the episode done. We're, we're <laughs> Why would you just not pause it while he's tracking <laughs> the stupid truck up? Because he's going to just keep doing it. We might God as well keep dang. going. Okay, focus. <sighs> Again, I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> I'm so God dang sorry. We put, anyways, this movie pushes the boundaries in so many ways. You know, like It's a taboo breaker. It's in, the way, in that oh, yeah. way, it's a lot like Island of Death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like it's that's what its purpose is is to be a button pushing taboo breaker. Yeah, and it, it's just gonna keep happening. Just go. I hate you. <laughs> a lot like my brother's being right now. JD is a monster in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He oh does a great god. job, yeah. And the scene to me that like was the scene that I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, just focus on the damn show. Stop. He's not gonna stop. Anyways, he can't stop. Um, to me, the moment in the movie that was like, this is like, holy how, how shit, how is picking up? I, uh, I mean, you can hear it. There he goes. He's gone. Are you happy? Leave. Enough? Are you going to actually try to do the show yes. now? we got like oh, dang a five-minute section of you just like... <laughs> it pisses me off. There's no way he didn't hear us talking in here. And he knows when we're talking about movies and shit in here. We're doing this podcast. And he goes outside and cranks that truck up for five minutes. Let's oh, focus before okay. he comes back. He'll come back. I guarantee it. Okay, right, let's, let's, let's okay. so to, continue to me, the scene... That is the the most like gut punching is the rape of Ellie Church's character yeah. because Ellie Church is such a good actress, mm. and there's one line in particular that when it happens it just like, ugh. oh yeah, is when he's like we're gonna make a baby. The one I thought was worse was, oh I like this one. I was like stop. <laughs> no, the lens, like you don't hear a lot of people when they rape somebody like we're gonna make a baby, ugh. and it's like oh. Like like that's just some heinous shit. Also, God, smell. Just focus. (laughs) Um, Another reason why it's hard it's hard for me to believe this movie. I know you said it doesn't get past me because it's not as popular anymore. But the the reason why I think this movie should be at least passed around a little more is definitely the ending of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that ending. Yeah, which part of the ending is the question? We're not going to spoil any of the endings. No. Because that is something you just got to see to believe. There's two big big key scenes in the end, and they're both 
well, I think the last, the very, very last. Yeah. It's like that's just something you don't see very often in the movies. <laughs> something that <laughs> so... that heinous. <laughs> like it's a movie you're watching, you just keep shaking your head. Like I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> oh like I can't God. believe they're literally doing this. Like this is crazy. <laughs> like it is just like I said, nonstop. It's unrelenting. It's 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 violent. It's depraved. It's it's everything you want in a in a disturbing film, and it's also just good. Like like the acting is good, and mm. the pace is good, the storytelling is good. There's a bit of a reveal about midway that I think could have been handled a little better. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if it was done in a certain way, purposely uh, or not. You know. But yeah. But yeah. I mean, what else can you say? I feel like that's kind of. I mean, I feel like we say too much. We're gonna give too much away and, and yeah. spoil. You know, <laughs> poor everybody except, yeah. except except for JD and Albert and well, you know, spoiler, spoiler, <laughs> um, just focus. Okay. Um, sorry about the review on hunters. Adam, Matt over here cannot stay. I, I can't. I can't handle. <laughs> I can't handle that. So, anyways, yeah, I think I, I like I said a lot, but I, I, like I said, I think we should leave it there. We've said what needs to be said. This movie is. It's shot very well. Yeah. It's uh, set in the 80s, and it works. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> You're triggering me now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. But I feel like if we get into too many key scenes and we talk too much about individual moments, it's going to lose its impact in uh, viewing. Yeah, like, there's a lot of things we could talk about. Because like, you'll know what to expect, are. and I think the best way is to not know what you expect, because... You, you truly can't begin to understand like how far this movie is willing to go. It goes as far as one probably could go. Yeah, it breaks like every taboo except for maybe one or two. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to hear what Adam had to say about hunters? Yes. <laughs> please, please cut to Adam. Hunters, hunters was a reaction to going to horror conventions. I was always getting told how my movies weren't bloody enough or disturbing enough, over and over. So I made a film that asked the questions of the viewers. <laughs> You're killing me, man. As to why they're still watching it. It's a film that is both mean, unrepentant, and without redemption. Shooting the film was not hard. At the time of production, everyone in the cast and crew banded together as a group of friends and had a great time. Truthfully, it wasn't until after that we really all understood what we had made. I get called a lot of names for that film, and I got to, I got I get told that I am morally reprehensible for making it. Well, I would not argue that one way or another. I would like to remind people that Donald Trump is president, so if cinema is a reflection of the world, I guess Hunters is a pretty good portrayal of what the country has become. Hunters is an ex an exercise in nihilism. Simply to put, it is a reminder that evil has no face, no gender, no race, or age. It is unseen lust, greed, hatred, fear, sadism that lurks within every heart. I mean, very detailed stuff there. That's a great depiction. That's a great description of hunters. Yes. If you are listening to this podcast, and I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you like disturbing movies. You like films that push the boundaries. Yeah. You like extreme cinema. Go watch hunters. It's and prepare to have your gut punched seven times in a row every few seconds. It's like, <laughs> it's like our poor friend Doug. That we he comes over. Every we punch week, him in the gut <laughs> every weekend. We just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, like I know we didn't get into the detail of hunters, but like I said, I don't really want to because I want people to 
know that we liked it. We yeah. enjoyed it. It blew our heads off. <laughs> you know, and that's the best way. And it's like, and then you go watch it, you experience it, and you like you decide for yourself if it went too far or not. Um but yeah, the best thing I can say about this movie is go is it Massacre Video? Massacre Video. Go to Massacre Video, order this movie, and watch it. And you can also probably get it from Adam. I know Adam usually sells copies of his movies. Yeah. And a lot of times we'll like sign them and like desecrate them and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really know. cool. Um, but also, Adam, I apologize for the, the, <laughs> a little bit in the middle there. <laughs> but we, we live in the South here. And yeah, um, my, my brother is annoying. So to wrap up this episode, I sent, uh, you know, the last question I sent to Adam was just kind of just like, what do you what have you been working on? Yeah. And he had this to say. Uh, what are you looking at? Someone's at the door. I'm currently in post-production on two films, The Sadist and The Betrayer. I've written another book and acted in two feature films as a lead in one and as a supporting lead in another. I have no idea when any of it will come out, but rest assured, it all will. As I'm sure many of you who are reading this know, I have recently had a lot of things go wrong or fall apart in my life, largely due to my own behavior. I'm trying every day to be a better person. It's not easy for me, but I am trying. In closing, understand consent, treat everyone equally well, be kind, understand the difference between eccentric fiction and empirical reality, make the world a better place, love deeply, and don't give up on your dreams. Wow. So, you know, Adam, massive thank you for taking the time out to add to this episode. Even though I'm very disappointed in myself. <laughs> it's all right. He, he probably hates me. <laughs> I still think the review was good. Yeah. It was just interrupted. Like, this is like, a, that's just a, a given with this podcast. Well, we don't have, you know, sound we blockers. Have, we don't have a studio. We're in your bedroom. Yeah, I'm, we're in my bedroom. With a door <laughs> that doesn't even shut. <laughs> so people can bust in here at any moment. That's what makes this podcast great, is the unexpected. But anyways, again... I just hope you can hear what we're saying. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you can. We're talking directly into the mics. Okay. Massive shout-out to Al Brent. You know, like like he said, I do know that, you know, he was dealing with some some legal and some personal issues. You know, I hope everything is getting straightened away. You know, go support him. Go help him out. Yeah. You know, he... Help help a dude out. He deserves it. He deserves to have all of his movies released because he's a very gifted filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Extremely talented in in visual storytelling as well as you know creating things that nobody else really does. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, big thanks to Adam Albrant. Go support him. Show him some love. Follow him on Instagram, Adam Albrant. Yeah. You know, good stuff. Great stuff, man. Good stuff and good message. I had a, I had a lot of fun doing this episode. Yeah, it was, it, I enjoyed rewatching these movies. It was a really good time. One thing I had, the only thing that was a problem was time and whatnot. Getting it done, which you know, me goofing, I got I, I, uh, I bamboozled. <laughs> you got bamboozled. <laughs> School bamboozled me a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, hunters, cross bear cemetery, uh, burn house, all are available. Yeah, probably can get a lot of them on Amazon because I know massacre, or you can go diabolic DVD. They surely have it. Grindhouse video. Yeah, you know all of your typical. Or like I said, contact Adam. He may have copies. You know, maybe yeah. get it directly from the man. And he'll probably, probably desecrate it with you, yeah, or um, with a marker or whatnot. So that is the closing the chapter on Mister Adam Albrant. It was great uh, for now. For now, until betrayers and 
What's the other one? Sadist. Sadist. Come out. So, looking forward to both of those. Me too. But what is next? Yeah, what is next, John? So, we got two episodes planned to wrap this month up. Yes, for our spoopy Halloween. Spectacular. Yes. We began the month with a big big one in our big books, Adam Albrant. We end the month with one of the most infamous series of films in the extreme horror cinema spectrum. Slaughtered vomit dolls, regurgitated sacrifice, and slow torture puke chamber. The Vomit Gore Trilogy. Shit, boy. Lucifer Valentine. It's Vomit Gore Trilogy. That's a big heavy hitter out there. It's huge. I mean, back in the day in the SDF community, the the Vomit Gore Trilogy was one of the massive, massive movies that was always brought up time and time again. And on Halloween, hopefully, if everything works out, so don't take this out. as gospel. We could end up Treehouse of Horror in this shit and it come out on November, November 2nd. yeah. We were going to be doing a little special episode. Just a little little something-something to put on Halloween. Should I, should I go ahead and tell them what it go is? Go ahead. Childhood trauma, which I know on if you follow YouTube horror stuff very often. A lot of people have done this. Yeah, a lot of people have done this, and I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And, John, and John here, so that was a good idea. Yeah. This will be shit that scarred the shit out of us as kids. Yes. Youth. Uh, disturbing youth. <laughs> yeah. And you're probably going to hear a lot of references to Goosebumps. Goosebumps, <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Vomit Gore Trilogy is next. And then Childhood Trauma, and then back to your regular scheduled programming. Yeah, probably Urban Nightmares. Probably pick that back more up. Likely. <laughs> Uh, so again, again, I, you know, I can't say it enough. Thank you, Adam Albrandt. Yeah, thank you so much. Even though I did a shit job on this episode. <laughs> go follow me on Instagram at bacano 89 and you, when the blog spot is up, you can go read it for yourself. Yes. You know, and, uh, hopefully one day down the road, we'll, we could, uh, when we figure out how to record phone calls and shit, because we're terrible with technology, yes. we can have him on for a real proper Follow me and DBZ fan ninety nine. I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we'll both have the links up to the episodes also, and everything. Follow Adam on Instagram as well. Yeah. And follow Rain Architect. Follow yes. uh, Slay the Day seventy seven, which is Jason. Yeah, also <laughs> follow Masker Video. Follow Masker Video. Toe Tag. All uh, of them. You know everybody that's you know helped make this these episodes possible. Yeah. You know. But. So. I am. Don't know on the mic. <laughs> I am John. I am Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on cinema. Sounded like a muffled David Lynch right then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Hugh Hefner. Oh, yeah. That's how we end the episode. Sick on cinema, the, uh, the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. <laughs>